I'm going to get started with a word of prayer. Then I want to get into a message about it's a cult in its own right, although, although it does not have a church, sometimes it does, but its main problem is it's teaching a false gospel of its own. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask you right now, Lord, to touch this message, Lord. This is, this is something you've never heard any preacher preach on. Never. Lord, we know that. I've never heard any preacher preach on this because this is the first time I ever... Uh, when I first saw the thing, I was wondering what it was. And you'd have thought by now that the Bible-believing Christians would have already come across this and started preaching on this nonsense. But, Lord, nobody has. So, Lord, it's time somebody step up to the plate and preach on this nonsense. And that's, Lord, I guess I'm elected. So, Lord, I'm not uh, upset that I'm elected. Lord, I'm pr- I feel privileged to be elected to teach this and preach this truth. So the people don't get mixed up into a bunch of nonsense, Lord, about a thing called a labyrinth, Lord. Lord, help us. We ask you to bless the message tonight. Bless those that are listening. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Now, we're going to start, first of all, I want to re- have my wife, Ruthie. She's going to read about what this labyrinth is so that everybody can get an understanding of what's going on. But here's what's funny about this labyrinth thing. I'm going to also point out after she's done reading of one that is not far away from my very own house here. And that's the sad part. And I'm going to point out what it's about. And we're going to point out some truths about this nonsense. Amen. Uh, how, now how do you spell it here? How do you spell that, Ruthie? L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H. That's what it is. I, 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 I looked it up here in uh, The Coping of the Cults by Lori McGregor, and it's not in here. Of course not, because you'll understand why when we get done reading this. Okay? Here we go. Ruthie? Okay, only one thing is asked of you. Have faith in the path. Walking the labyrinth. Like most kids, I love getting lost. Not really lost, but lost in a more intentional way i had one favorite place to do it too montrose park just above georgetown in washington dc montrose featured and still features a boxwood maze a winding labyrinth made up of strategically planted and carefully trimmed shrubs today i don't find the montrose maze all that intimidating but at age four or five it felt huge hugely attractive moving deeper and deeper into this twisting green interior I felt the rest of the world fade away something I knew was waiting for me at the heart of that maze and the closer I got to it my hands now and then brushing against the tiny green leaves of the walls on either side of me for reassurance the more excited I became I forgot to tell you who this is by um by Ptolemy Topkins, Assistant Managing Editor of Guideposts, uh, February 2008. Okay, there was something a little scary about being in that maze, 
that was part of its allure. Just beyond its walls, my mother was waiting, and a single shout would bring her to my rescue. Because of that, I was able to savor the sense of disorientation that entered its borders created. After finding that mysterious center and emerging back into the world, I would always feel just a little larger, a little more grown up than I had when I had first entered. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know, get a, get a life, is what I'm thinking. These childhood visits to the Montrose Boxwood Maze came back to me recently when I paid a visit to St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Merrimanek, New York. Several years ago, St. Thomas installed a permanent labyrinth on its grounds. Unlike the Montrose Hedge Maze that drew me into its depths as a kid, the St. Thomas Labyrinth is flat. Because there are no walls to block your view, you don't lose sight of the outside world. You just fall along the path laid out at your feet. We gotta get this. <clears throat> Goes on here somewhere. <laughs> That's a coming. There's another critical difference. The labyrinth at St. Thomas has no wrong turns to it. And to use the technical language employed by May's scholars, it is unicursal rather than multicursal. As much as it twists and turns, there's only one path, so you can't really lose your way, even if you wanted to. All that's necessary to reach the center is faith in the path you're on and a little patience. Notice that. It keeps coming up. Faith in the path. Oh, man. Can you imagine this? How silly? Oh, sounds really idiocy. We're not done yet. Wait till you hear the next section. The labyrinth at St. Thomas Church is just one of thousands that have sprung up in recent years. Ever since 1991, when Lauren Altris, the canon of Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, laid down a large canvas labyrinth in the nave of the church and began teaching people the art of walking it. How silly. Art of walking it? How silly. This canvas labyrinth became so popular that in 1994, an indoor floor tapestry was laid down in its place, followed by a permanent limestone labyrinth last year. In 1995, a stone version was also opened in the church's meditation garden. Oh, please. What lies behind the allure of the labyrinth? As Canon Altris puts it, the answer has everything to do with its mysterious center. The labyrinth, says Altris, teaches us that if we keep putting one foot in front of the other, we can't quiet the mind and find our center. Oh. You know what this sounds like? Spiritualism. Well, you'll see what I'm about to say. Go on. The journey may be difficult, even confusing, but the lesson is to trust the path. Both the labyrinth at Grace Cathedral and St. Thomas Church are patterned after the largest church labyrinth in the world, one that in the early 13th century was laid down in limestone and marble on the floor of the western nave of Chartres Cathedral in France. Both of the Grace Cathedral and St. Thomas Church labyrinths are a little smaller than the one at Chartres, and of course they're not as finely wrought, but they also differ in another way. While the center of the labyrinths at Grace Cathedral and St. Thomas are empty, to suggest the mystery of the divine presence that walkers will hopefully encounter there, the one at Chart has an indentation where a large brass medallion used to sit 
It was removed during the Napoleonic Wars and melted down to make cannons. Though no paintings or drawings of the Sharp Medallion have been found, scholars have good evidence for what was pictured in it. A battle between a hero from Greek mythology named Theseus and a monstrous creature with the body of a man and the head bull called a monitor. A manator, okay. This manator, legend tells us, lived in a labyrinth built by King Minos on the island of Crete. Each year, Minos offered sacrificial victims to the manator until the day when Theseus braved the maze, did battle with the monster, and finally slew it. Get a life. Okay, wait a minute. You might say, what? Is a picture of a ferocious battle between two characters from Greek mythology doing at the heart of a medieval Christian cathedral. Medieval Christian? The answer has something to do with that slight sense of trepidation that I always felt when entering the Montrose maze as a kid. Fact is, mazes are both calming and scary, and no one knew this better than the early Christians. They saw in the story of Thesis' journey to the heart of the labyrinth and his victorious battle with the Manator, a parallel with another more recent story in the original Christian view of the labyrinth. Its twists and turns are those of earthly life, in some versions even of hell itself. And at the heart of the labyrinth, we encounter not peace and tranquility, but a struggle to the death between Christ and Satan. Oh, please! Get a life is in order here. Okay. As May's scholar Craig Wright has pointed out, the myth of the maze expresses the hope of salvation, that eternal life will be won for all by the actions of the one Savior. It was this reading of the story of the hero thesis said and the mandatory that the creators of the chart labyrinth had in mind when they placed that seemingly incongruous image at the center of their labyrinth. In medieval Christian symbolism, the West is associated with death and the underworld. By placing the labyrinth at the westernmost part of the great cathedral where everyone entered, the architects of Chart were suggesting that every Christian must journey in spirit with Christ through the struggles of this earthly life and even through hell itself before emerging into the light of heaven. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm almost done here, which is symbolized in the cathedral by the rose window stationed high above the famous labyrinth. The journey into and out of the labyrinth that many contemporary maze walkers take today is then quite different from the one that those first creators of church labyrinths imagined. Of these two very different visions for labyrinth walkers, which one is actually correct? They both are. As I suspected, even as a child in the Montrose Park, being lost in the twists and turns of life can be adventure, but it could also be a battle. All of us get lost in life to some degree. But the promise of the labyrinth is that ultimately we do so to our own benefit. By putting our faith in the path, we reemerge from the labyrinth of life as different, larger beings than we were when we first entered it. We will lose ourselves only to find ourselves, or as the poet T.S. Eliot famously put it, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Okay, this is a short little thing. It says, walk this way. Karen Baltzer, copy editor. What's the difference between a maze and a labyrinth? Nothing, according to maze scholar Craig Wright. The terms are interchangeable. Mazes in which a choice is possible are called multicursal mazes, says Wright. Those with only a single path, no matter how convoluted, are unicursal. Multicursal mazes appeal to those of us who are natural problem solvers. 
more right-brained, intuitive people, on the other hand, are attracted to unicursal mazes where faith in all that's necessary to reach the goal. Not surprisingly, church mazes are almost by definition unicursal. Today, labyrinths can be found just about anywhere, from Lafayette, Louisiana, to Innsbruck, Austria, to Auckland, New Zealand. Since focus walking is believed to reduce anxiety and diminish negative thinking, labyrinths have become very popular tourist sites. Last paragraph. Thank you, Lord. Interested in checking one out? Well, Veraditas, founded by Canon Lauren Altris and the Labyrinth Society, have joined forces to create an easy-to-use online labyrinth location that can help you. Find the one that's right for you, plus photos and contact details. I don't think I care. Here you go, darling. Well, I have three words for that. Get a life. Come on here. Now, what got me interested in this topic, Danny, is this. As Ruth will tell you, we pass one every time we go to the doctor's office, walking. There's one up on the corner of a street that we call Humphrey and West 30th. Yeah. Now, here's what's awful funny, Ruth. And it was pointed out in there, and most people missed this, and this is where, uh, what the truth is. First off, it talks about the center was about that medieval, from Greek mythology, Greek mythology? Uh, hello? That's why when I go to the dog guide school, I'm going to tell them I don't want Juno. I don't want Juno. Juno is the Greek god, god of guidance. From Greek mythology. Hello. My God is Jesus. I don't need... My God is a God of guidance, but his name is Jesus, not Juno. That is correct. Amen. At the same time, here they have this guy doing battle with a manator, another type of Greek God, at the center of this so-called maze. Does anybody find a little bit of a problem with that? I hope so. Be oh, yeah. Because the fact is that Jesus never told us that we had to follow some silly path. Now, here's what it is. This labyrinth that we got in Ashtabula... It's right out on this street, like I said. And guess what? Right? Guess who? Guess what property it's on? It's it's not on a church property. Oh. But in their own way, they are their own church. It's outside of the health and wellness center of Ashtabula. Oh, and what they are are uh, uh, that's a fancy name for cover up for spiritualists. They believe that first off, when I walked in there and I was telling them, you know, they say I asked them, well, what in the world is the idea of this thing? And I just asked some dumb questions, and they says, well, you're supposed to walk it and you're supposed to meditate and pray. I said, to what God? <gasps> oh, well, it don't matter. I said. Uh, Yes, it does. 
And then the lady goes, oh, you don't believe Jesus is God, do you? I said, yes, I do. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. He was a good prophet. Oh. <laughs> Get a life. Jesus was more than a prophet. He was God. Yes, so he wasn't God and then wasn't Michael the Archangel. He was God. Amen. So the whole point is, what they're saying about this labyrinth, first of all, why do I say this is a cult? This ain't the kind of cult that you're going to find on a Lori site because, or even anybody else that writes about cults, because, oh, well, it don't preach. But it does preach. That's what's sad that it's not in there. Now, take a look at it. There are churches that's got these nonsense things in their church. And what do they say? Oh, you're supposed to have faith in the path? What? Faith in the path? Last I checked, it says, He that believeth and is baptized, the same shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. According to the Bible, there is none other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. And it ain't the path. Oh, have faith in the path. Oh, and it represents... Why is it that Christians try to take something bad... As wicked as that is, and then, oh, well, let's just try to turn it around and make it, make it look good. Oh, well, we can't, we got to have, see, what happened was, you don't believe that nonsense ain't from the Catholic Church, let me give you a few examples. First off, everybody's got their head screwed on straight about Jesus' birth definitely was not on December 25th. He was not born then, but I could guarantee you I got some proof that I'll back up this point that that's when the day, that was the day that the three wise men walked through the door. That was the day that the three wise men walked through the door of the house that Jesus, Mother Mary, and Joseph were in two years later. But no, the wise men were not in the house. They were not in the stable. So Jesus was born in the fall, but what happened? The Catholic Church decided, well, they can't have people celebrating the pagan uh, uh, festivals of lights and, and, and the uh, holly day in what we call Christmas. So what did we do? Oh, we're going to successfully transplant Jesus' birth there. And so they come up with this guy who's giving out gifts, trying to teach people about God. Instead, they, they come up with Chris Kringle, now Satan Claus. And it, excuse me, they only took the same stinking holiday and transplanted it from Christ into Satan Claus and Frost, your snow devil, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Devil. Amen? And then, oh, well, we can't celebrate the holiday of Ishtar, Easter. An Easter bunny, so we're going to celebrate Resurrection and Good Friday, the closing of Lent, and all that nonsense. Look, the fact is, Jesus died for our sins. 
He rose again the third day, Catholics. He's not in the tomb, so get him off the cross. Amen. But the fact is, it says here, well, you've got to have faith in the path. Well, the problem is, you may have that. It's the only thing you've got to ask, but I'm going to tell you what. I don't need to walk some stupid maze to get close to Jesus. Amen. I could sit at home and pray what you call meditate in my own chair. But these people that I was telling you about the Asheville Health and Wellness Center, you know what they have in that nonsense, Danny? Ruth will tell you, this is some nonsense. Tarot card readers. Oh, my. Hypnosis. Horoscopes. Uh, astrology, not astronomy, astrology, fortune-telling, palm-reading, tarot cards. Uh, is anything uh, wrong with that picture? And they're the one with the labyrinth outside their door in their, own, uh, in their side yard. Uh, does that tell you something about that labyrinth? Hello, does that tell you something wrong with that labyrinth? And if you notice, every one of the churches that have a labyrinth, guess what? Episcopal, St. Saint, Saint Thomas. Uh, hello? A bunch of nonsense by a bunch of cults themselves. That tells you something about that labyrinth. It should tell you something right now. That nonsense ain't even a Christ. So, so the whole point is, what has the Bible got to say? Well, let's take a look at a familiar passage. John chapter 14. Danny, I'm going to have you take us from 1 to 6. 1 to 6. Now, we're going to see if Jesus, knowing that he was going to the Father, let's see if he said, walk some stupid labyrinth and put faith in the path. See, uh, John, John, what chapter? 14, 1 through 6. And let's see if he said that's the way to heaven is through walking some stupid labyrinth. John 14, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. <coughs> okay. All right, John. Chapter 14, okay, here we go. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If, I, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas, you know, saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, hello. So, who is the way? Jesus. Hello. Uh, do you have to trust the way that's in the labyrinth that would show you the way? 
No. You don't have to trust some stupid maze laid out because that labyrinth ain't going to give a hoot. That labyrinth will burn when this world does. Hello. The only thing that labyrinth is good for is kindling. Amen. The path you need is Jesus. Now, let's look at a very another familiar passage. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Now, I love these words. So did Ruthie. Trust in who? The Lord, Jesus. And lean not, what, Ruth? Uh, do you get that? See, you don't have to understand what's going on. All you have to do is lean on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. Quit. Hello, Eric Martin. Hello, JWs. You don't need to know everything. All you got to do is trust God. Amen. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge who? Who's God? Jesus. Acknowledge Him. Him. Jesus. And He shall do what? Direct thy path. Do we need to put our faith in some stupid path of a labyrinth? Hello? The only path you need to put your trust in is Jesus. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. You better give him some acknowledgement. Acknowledge him. Quit trying to act like you're so smart. Acknowledge him, and he shall. I love that word, shall. He shall direct thy path. It's a done deal. You don't have to worry about going to some stupid maze, spending hours in a stupid maze. They ain't going to get nothing done for God when I could be out soul winning and telling them the real path to heaven. Amen. I put my faith in a path, but it ain't in some stupid labyrinth. Hello. My faith is in the path of Jesus. Amen. Now, Ruthie, our final verse is found... Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Matthew 7, 13, 14. We're going to let Ruthie read these. Now, I want you to think on this. And this here is a good mobility lesson here. Amen. Enter in, ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few that be that find it. Hello. You want the way, you need to get Jesus' way. You need to get the narrow way. Yep, at the intersection of broad, straight, and narrow way. Which way are you going to turn tonight? Some might say it's short and sweet, but that's all right. Because the fact is, it's pretty sad when people will put their trust in some material thing, such as a maze and its path, rather than trusting Jesus. 
They'd rather get lost in a maze to find what but their self? That is as selfish as it gets. When what you ought to do is be lost to yourself so you could find Jesus. Let him find you. Amen. That's what you need. So tonight, we want you to ask yourself the most important question. Where is your eyes on? Some stupid path? Or the one that your eyes should be on? Are you watching your own self in some stupid path? Or are you watching Jesus? Lord, I know, Lord, that this was short, sweet, but thank you, Lord, it's to the point. A lot of nonsense in this so-called labyrinth and its path. Lord, it, it, to me, even when I first saw it, when it was put out there years ago, I thought it was nutty and stupid. I was like, what in the heavens is that all about? To me, I knew something was wrong with it right from the beginning. Lord, I know that it's not right. So, Lord, help us to stand firm when nonsense like this comes up. Some people would say, well, that, uh, you, how do you get that's a cult? Well, it is. Lord, because they're teaching people to put their faith in some walking direction rather than you, Jesus. I'd rather put my faith in you, Jesus. So, Lord, we do ask right now that you'd help us to understand the only path we need is you, Jesus. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we ask all of this. Amen.